0: Are we live? There we are. We are live. We are live. What's going on, folks? Welcome to episode two of the Demand Better podcast. And for those of you who are new, welcome. And thank you for spending your time with us. For our followers, thank you so much for all the support you've given us. We truly appreciate you. Here at Demand Better, we believe that life is better when you're an educated and an informed consumer. We got little beats going on. It's nice. My name is Corona. And today I'm going to be your tour guide on this journey. But before we let's start with a little business here, let's do our disclaimer. No person should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content provided in any podcast without first seeking appropriate medical advice and counseling. This is for educational informational purposes only and not to be used as medical advice. Today, people, and like every day, I'm joined by my partner from Colorado, the world-renowned physio, Dr. Bo. And between the two of us, we have over 51 years of experience in the health and fitness space. We're going to peel away the curtain and give you a little behind-the-scenes look at the conversations we're having. With that being said, let me introduce. What's up, Dr. Bo?
1: Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Thanks for that intro. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Superior, Colorado. Uh, I redid my garage, so I re reset up the gym space and flow, and scheduled my first dental appointment in a couple of years. Um, you know, we talk, We're gonna talk a little bit about you know getting getting your maintenance done. So, uh, a lot going on here. A lot going on. We're gonna go rock climbing as soon as we're done. This is Colorado life, man. Just staying active.
0: yeah. The New York life. I'm inside. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) With today's episode, guys, let's move on. Today's episode, we're discussing how you can demand better from your physical therapist or physiotherapist as it's known outside of the U S with that being said, let me back up. Let me back up. We know that most PTs, are really, really good people who really care about their patients. They want to get better. But what's happened over the years of us being in the industry, we've seen a lot of less than ideal stuff in the industry and want to empower and help you save money and help you have the best possible outcomes. With that being said, Dr. Bo, let's chop it up. You ready? I'm ready. Oh, you sure? Is the listener ready? Are you ready at home? I'm coming at you, peeps. (laughs) Let's first define what physical therapy is and what's the role of a physical therapist. So I'm going to talk a little
1: bit about, there's so many different ways as we were preparing for this. Oh, let's roll. Is that, is that one of your people's total DJ's music Productions. Yes.
0: Oh, I don't even know. That's not me. I
1: don't know. <laughs> hey, total DJ's music production. Um, <laughs> so, it's probably one of my people. We're on all my channels. I appreciate oh, that. So that's awesome. um, <laughs> we're, we're trying to grow that Demand Better podcast. So that's a new channel. Defining physical therapy is a little bit tough. Oh, what's up, Caesar? Ah, Caesar. I From my uh, Mount St. Mary College days. What's up? Up in Newburgh, New York. So where our football team was undefeated, still undefeated because we never had a football team, but we did have the shirts still undefeated Mount St. Mary College football. <laughs> yes. All right. Physical therapy. So. Uh, the simplest way I can narrow it down is we are neuromusculoskeletal experts. Okay. That's it. That's the way, uh, it should be. That's the simple, simple, simple way we can say it. What does that mean? It might, might go over my own head. Um, (laughs) sometimes. And again, it's been difficult going through, through back and forth of what this is. So the other, uh, saying or, or promo that the American Physical Therapy Association, here for, th- for this episode known as the APTA, <laughs> is the art of caring and the science of healing, okay? So uh, again, this is a profession that was born out of World War One, where you have injured soldiers coming home, and they need some kind of way to heal. The body has its own natural healing processes, and physical therapists basically are trying to help empower you. The patient or the client to allow that healing to happen. So that's really the the easiest way I can do it without going too, down too many other rabbit holes. But I'm,
0: if that's is that simple enough for you, sir? That's that's definitely simple enough for me. But we're st- I still want to know what's the role of your care? Mm. Giving me the outline of the de- yes. of the definition. Yes, many. It's a multi part question. I, so- I do that. <laughs> So our role
1: traditionally has been to again facilitate that healing. Uh, a lot of times it's post operative or post stroke. And, and again, I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go into a little bit of a deeper rabbit hole here saying just like the medical field, you have medical doctors who then go on to specialize and get residencies and fellowships in obstetrics in neurology in pediatrics in uh yeah. gerontology in, in, in all these different spaces we have the same thing in physical therapy we have many many different specialties i'm in the sports and orthopedics the so two different kind of specialties those are my two main areas of focus personally my career uh the expectations the role here is again to uh, trying to simplify to empower the patient to get them moving better because again The other definition here is we are movement experts, all right? You might see that on Instagram from a lot of different people who have different certifications, but we as a profession, our whole schooling, right? Right now, we are at a three-year doctoral level schooling. So for somebody to be able to be a physical therapist, uh, if they graduated within the last 15 or so years, they have a doctorate, like myself, uh, they have a three-year degree, which is half clinical-based and half academic-based, uh, just just to give us a little bit more understanding of where we're coming from. So that is – does that answer your role question? Do you need to make a little it, it
0: does. It does. And I think it gives us a good jump off because it brings us – when you call yourself a movement specialist, and you and we, we all understand that, that physical therapists are, have the best – they want to give you the best care so you can get better. But there seems to be a divide, which just brings us right to the next question. There seems to be a divide between when you get insurance physical therapy in comparison to cash physical therapy. And some people can never do the cash physical therapy. So they don't know about this side of physical therapy. And then we deal with a lot of the stuff within the insurance side. Um, let's why don't you explain the difference? And the difference not only in what they are because one's cash and one's insurance, but the difference in the the level of care. Sure, sure. Thank you for setting that up.
1: Um, cash versus insurance, most folks have health insurance through their jobs, right? if you're if you have a full-time job, you probably get health insurance benefits. Uh, one version of that is an HSA or an FSA, which allows you to then, control your spending and say hey i have $5000 for the year i want to decide where i take that the traditional though physical th- uh, insurance model says you know you can pay a higher premium meaning you pay more per year you have a smaller deductible these are all words you pr- if, if you're at all familiar with insurance they're either striking great fear or, or creating a fight-or-flight stimulus response <laughs> in you. Uh, I know they do for me whenever I say these words. So how, you know you have your premiums, you have your deductibles. And then the way it's structured, and this is the behind-the-curtain kind of thing, is they are trying to justify, because at the end of the day, insurance companies are make more money by having less payouts. So they're going to do everything they can to say, send me more information, delay the payments, the longer that company has the payment, the more money they're making so if they can delay sending me my whatever they owe me 500 for however many sessions uh the longer they have that money they're investing that big pool of money uh, so they're able to make a lot more money so that's just the way the system works that insurance model is trying to again do the best it can so i don't want to again completely bash on the insurance model but the way that they work is they are going to say, this is the standard of care. This is how we see a bunch of other clinicians doing it. If you're doing anything outside of that, we might not wanna pay you. Um, There is usually a copay as well. I think that's a very important part of this conversation. So if you have, some people have a $15 copay on the lower side, again, that's where those premiums and deductibles and how good your plan is comes into play. And then there are people who have $100 copays, right? So now let's take take another step on the business back end of that. So uh,
0: a well, lot a of the, yeah, go wait, ahead. Wait a so on that copay, right? So if if I'm paying fifteen bucks as a copay, and I'm paying or you're paying a hundred, who's am I getting better care for the hundred than I am for the fifteen? So it, within the profession, to answer your question, direct this
1: question <laughs> is you shouldn't be getting any better care, right? The, the therapist should be able to say. Who do I have in front of me? And I'm going to give the best care I can to that person in front of me. This is the next point I was actually going to is, in terms of your copays, pays it, it shouldn't matter. Uh, you know, we joke in the profession, oh, Corona's a VIP. You know, yeah. Corona's in the clinic. <laughs> Let's make sure we treat him better than someone else. Like, that shouldn't happen. And again, most physical therapists are very altruistic folks. They are very caring folks. So they're not going to necessarily, oh, Corona has a lot of money and he's a VIP. So we're going to treat him better than Dr. Bo. Um, so coming back to it though, the reality of that business, and I'm coming from where, where we kind of met in the New York city, midtown, Upper East side, very busy clinic. The back when I was practicing there, which was before 2010, that was the last time I really practiced there. Back when I was looking into the business side of it there, you needed to see 2.4 people through an insurance model in order to stay even close to profitable. That's crazy. So again, if I have two and a half people that within that 60 minute window, uh, you know, and I might, that might only be making me on the back a hundred dollars, you know, of net profit. So without going too far into the numbers and we can, you know, play around and depends on what part of the country you're in and all these different factors and variables. But coming back to the insurance concept is I have to document everything we're doing, right? I have to answer to this insurance company so that they will pay me. And we have contracts in place because I'm in network. I'm, an, I'm a, pr- a preferred provider. So again, if you go to hospital for special surgery there on the Upper East Side and you go to see your physician and he says, you have knee pain, let's try some physical therapy. Here's a list of people that take your insurance and that we work with. Um, and again, then that turns into, okay, uh, you, you, you can go see those people and you're going to be put through these very kind of, I'm going to call it conservative. I'm going to call it traditional uh, models of physical therapy. So this is, this is the other kind of behind the scenes and meat and potatoes. And this is where I've run away from the term physical therapy because what most people know as physical therapy, as, as kind of portrayed in the media, in movies, and the experience of a lot of people is it's you go in, you get heat, stim, uh, electric stimulation, yeah. you get hot packs, you get uh, ultrasound which I haven't touched one of those things in, since school, um, <laughs> um, you get, you might get stretched a little bit, you might get a little massage. Um, and then you get therapeutic exercise with some rubber bands. And again, we can, we're going to go a little deeper, I think, into what's kind of why we don't like all those things, but that's the model. And that is, you know, okay, we're going, we're dealing with your knee pain. Let's say we're going to try this twice a week. You're going to come in for the next six weeks. So that's twelve sessions. So that's kind of the the traditional insurance based model. Okay. Okay. That's a
0: great. That's a great explanation. I have a lot of questions, but I don't want to. I could go down tremendous amount of rabbit holes in terms of the model itself. But stay focused, man. Stay focused. That's basically what we're doing now. Cash PT. Yes. Is different how. So.
1: Cash PT has emerged in the last few years, especially, and is on the rise. It's what I've been practicing for quite some time to say we can do better. Yeah. Uh, we, as clinicians, demanded better because we were in these models where, again, in New York City, you know, 2.4 people per clinician to, in order to, because you have to pay the clinician and then you have to pay the rent, you have to pay all these different things. So, to break out of that model where uh, in a day, an eight hour workday, I might have to see 20 to 30 people. It's a lot. Um, and and then again, I might have to hand you off and hire an assistant or an aide to say, hey, uh, make sure you know, Corona is going to do these exercises. And I trust you because I trained you to do the thing. So cash is, a, is is an offset of that to allow me to have less overhead costs to being in a busy clinic, to not be controlled by the insurance companies. And I want to do a quick shout out to uh, Danny Mata, who is a physical therapist who wrote a book called F U C K insurance, um, (laughs) where it was about this, this insurance model is limiting us as in in our careers and our, our professions and and our ability to make money and also deteriorating the quality of care we're providing to our patients. So cash PT allows me to say, Hey, Corona, you're going to pay me this much. My time based on the half a million dollars I put into my education, my time is worth this much. This is also the amount of money I need to make to provide for my family. So this is the number I'm putting on it. This is also what the, the you know, we can look at the, the market and things like that. And then as a physical therapist, I'm gonna say, Corona, you're gonna come to me. I'm gonna see you one-on-one for an hour, okay? And there's obviously many different models of this, but you're gonna pay me cash. I'm not dealing with your insurance company. Uh, and, and again, this is what my time is worth. And I'm going to, instead of twice a week for six weeks of 12 sessions, and again, if you're paying $100 copay, why wouldn't you want to pay me in one-on-one care instead of only getting maybe 20 to 30 minutes of well, that clinician's time? Yeah.
0: Well, do well, you know, because we, we can go down a deep, 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 deep rabbit hole with this. And, and you're basically essentially saying that you get treated more individual- when you're not in the insurance model, cause that person can actually spend more time with you and get to where you got to get. And the, now the one thing I want to ask you is about the limitations about how far you can go yes. in terms of that insurance and cash model, um, without, without not getting crazy. We already know the insurance sure. model is, is limited. Yes. The cash model, what are the limitations there? What can someone expect when they see you in terms of time and, and, um, You know, things of that nature. Sure. So, sure. So, A, one, B, two, two,
1: number one, A, B. First thing I want to say about that uh, is in the insurance model, if you come to me for shoulder pain, let's say I can demonstrate that a little easier on video here, I have to deal with your shoulder. Anything I do outside of your shoulder uh, is not going to be approved by the insurance company. And again, in terms of answering to this insurance company, this is this huge limitation where, again, folks like Danny Mata, who I'll shout out again, uh, who who wrote that book, F Insurance, there's this huge limitation because it's only about the shoulder. And this is one of the biggest problems If maybe we can help you get out of shoulder pain over 12 sessions, which might've happened anyway over time. In the cash-based model, the way I work and the way I've been working for a long time, and I've seen it work, and there's more and more of us starting to emerge and we're starting to put the research into place and the evidence, the insurance companies obviously don't like this. The way we can say, is you come to me with shoulder pain? I can now say, Hey, your hips aren't moving that well. Hey, your neck's not moving that well. Hey, you're not breathing properly. We need to spend 20 minutes on breathing. Hey, let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk about your relationships. Let's talk about all these different things. And within the insurance model, it, 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 again, if you've gone through it and if you've gotten anything past. Let's just address your pain is here. Let's address your pain at your shoulder. That's great in some capacity, but it's not going to address the underlying cause. It's not going to empower the patient. It's not going to provide the value and this working relationship that we have. Another huge component to this that I'm obviously very excited about, very passionate about, if you can tell, is one of the big limitations with insurance cash, uh, sorry, insurance-based physical therapy is the time. So there's very little follow-up. The traditional model, again, we talked about heat, stim, electricity, ultrasound, and then handing you a paper. Maybe now there's some ther- you know, some online version of this, but still, it's handing you this three exercises. Here, do this until the next time you come in. The model I've shifted to over the last many years, as technology has allowed us to, and as COVID expedited as well, is this follow-up system. Where if I see you for your shoulder pain, I don't want to just see you once a week. I don't want to just see you twice a week. Uh, maybe in person, that's that's as many times as it is. But if I can talk to you every single day and say, "How's it going today?" Oh, it went from a seven out of ten down to a five out of ten. Great. Okay. What? If, how did that exercise feel? Oh, that one was a little weird. I'm having contact with my you know uh, rolodex of patients every single day, and I have a system in place for that, and I have time dedicated to that. And that's why I charge what I charge, because it allows me in this cash based model to provide more quality care, to have more touch points. And the more of that we do, I have found, and we can argue the, the evidence and everything around this, but we get better outcomes. Sure. And I almost, as a business model, it's almost silly because I get people better too quick. And I don't mean yeah. to be like the car salesman of like, <laughs> I'm going crazy here, guys. I'm in a pickle. And like, I need to get rid of my stock. and everything. But like, seriously, I get, uh, it's, it's limiting and ha- I can make a lot more money being like, you need to come see me twice a week. And I'm going to charge you, even if I charge you a little bit less, I'm going to make more over the long run. So it's this huge concept. There's a lot of, again, whether you want to go down the ethical rabbit holes or whatever, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to throw it back to you, sir. Thanks.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the, the reality, the reality is about this because I deal with this also, but I don't deal with insurance. Um, it, we're all connected people. We're all, we're all connected. Everything's connected. So if you have a problem at a shoulder, you're going to probably have a problem at a hip. You might have a problem in your back. So what Bo is talking about, Dr. Bo is actually talking about, is vitally, vitally important because people's expectations when they go in are very different than what they get when they are in there. And I am just really appreciate you clarifying both systems because I think it will help people. You know, those of you who are listening, you know, we could talk about this topic for hours, but we're not going to do that. So let's discuss what really needs to be changed within the industry. Um, Let's do a top three. Um, Which top three things will actually impact the listeners the most uh, going forward? So the
1: first one I want to really push that again, the APTA American physical therapy association has done a really good job of over the last few years. But again, it's not as public facing as I'd love is the concept of direct access. And, Choosing physical therapy first, okay. It's been this has been shown time and time again, even in the insurance model, in any of these models. If you sprain your ankle, the traditional thing to do, you might ice it, you might let it linger. What do you? What's what's wrong?
0: No, because you're gonna explain this, and it's just so just. (laughs) uh,
1: just, It's very frustrating. So uh, the traditional way again. I'll I'll go I'll go real quick. Is sorry. That's okay. I understand. It's a pain. So the traditional system is maybe if it's bad enough of a sprained ankle, right? You might try a little bit on your own. Then you're like, oh, it's pretty bad. I can't walk on it, it's been 24 hours. You might go to the emergency room. You might call your general practitioner. You might get a referral or you might be able to go directly to your orthopedist. And again, a lot of this is because of the way the insurance model is built. So then you go through all that. You might get an X-ray, you might get an MRI. You then might get an injection, an anti-inflammatory. Um, to deal with it, right? You might get a boot right away if it's a bad enough sprain uh, and then you're dealing with that. At no point are you addressing a lot of the underlying causes and and, and no point are you addressing the the bigger system. So think about all those steps that we just went through and the possible costs of that versus, I sprained my ankle, it's pretty bad. I'm gonna go see Dr. Bo right now, a physical therapist, because, and every state has slightly different regulations about this. I believe all 50 of the states here in America, at least, uh, have some form of direct access. Some states might have it. I, I want to just put this out there. Depending on what state you're in, you might want to look into this. But you should be able to go see me. I can then tell you, hey, if this isn't better in 30 days, I'm going to have to refer you back to your doctor uh, or your orthopedist based on our laws in South Carolina. I don't know which states have exactly which. Yes, go ahead.
0: I don't, I don't think people know about that. I really right. don't think people know about That's direct That's why I made it, it number one. And I also think, you know, this is, this is the way they do things in England. Um, They do go to the physical therapist first. Um, That also will avoid for them paying for the consumer, paying money on x-rays, MRIs, and which we can go. That's a whole different rabbit hole, but go ahead. What's your point number two, bud?
1: Well, I do want to finish on that that you just
0: said. And so what I was going to say is the two
1: different, you can kind of see how all those different steps, a your body is continuing to be in pain you're wasting days by going through this long system versus going to see a physical therapist and say, Hey, let's do X, Y, Z. Maybe we need to send you out to an x-ray more often than not. It's not necessary, but the average, the studies, we've actually done studies on average, this saves you, you and the system well over a thousand dollars by going to your physical therapist first. And I think that's significantly undervalued or underreported. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you mentioned the NHS and there's Canada and there's, there's uh, the UK have these uh, socialist, whatever you want to call it, uh, big systems that, again, they, they're trying to do the best they can as a system to save money. So again, they have more of the physios in those frontline uh, situations. It's something that has, again, emerged in America as the physical therapist being in the emergency room. So somebody comes in with really bad back pain, and I think this is a very important point. If you go to the emergency room or urgent care uh, and there is a physical therapist on staff there on call, they can say, Hey, we don't need an MRI. We don't need an x-ray. We're going to save that money. We can include these types of movement screens, movement patterns, get you out of pain, get you moving better, get you empowered. This is how you're going to actually feel better. Okay. And again, it's just saving so many steps and we're going to get you feeling better. And again, this is where it's important to come back to physical therapists are, musculoskeletal experts, unfortunately, and I want to bring this study into the fold real quick, and then I, w- I want to continue on. Otherwise we'll be here for many hours. And I appreciate y'all, <laughs> y'all bearing with me, uh, is there's a study that again, and, and I think most of you listening, you would agree with this concept of, and, and Corona, I'll ask you, you probably know this better than, than a lot of other folks, but the study looked at a survey study of who would you go see if you had an acute episode of low back pain? So who do you think, or where do you think physical therapists fell on that list? last not last but they were but, down there. no but you would <laughs> but, no, but but yeah, you, you run off run off who you think they're gonna see
0: they're gonna go see their gp they're gonna go to the emergency room they're gonna go see all these other doctors and after they go see the doctor they go see the specialist once they go see the specialist well, th- the but specialist that's in the system
1: too but that's in the system yeah. i'm talking about public facing so most people say they're chiropractor
0: oh most yeah people say massage they're, acupuncturist. Therapist. they're a massage, massage therapist,
1: therapist. Maybe they're general practitioner or orthopedist. And then physical therapist, they, they, we were fifth on that list, which is, again, just a, it's a bad job on our part of promoting this direct access, promoting the who we are as a profession. We've just kind of been in this, we're, we're happy to be in the system of, you had surgery, we're happy to see you then. But we haven't been on the front line. And actually, I just did a journal club. I want to shout this out real quick, too. We just did a, a, sorry, a book club called uh, Upstream was the book by Dan Heath. Uh, If anyone's familiar, and again, talking about these concepts of if we can prevent so much of this and prevention is not sexy, and we as a profession are not even doing a great job of saying, hey, we're equipped and we're ready to save the system tons of money and on the opioid crisis, let's not even go down that path again. Because when you go down that emergency room route for your back pain, you're going to be much more likely to A, end up needing surgery on your spine, which is shown time and time again to not be always the best thing. And then that leads to the opioid situation, addiction, problems down the line, a lot of deaths. So without even thinking about those costs, uh, again, this is the upstream model where we have to say, hey, where can we you know, stop some of these problems? And that's where, again, I'm trying to make sure direct access uh, is, is is number one. My number two, if, if that's where we're going to go next. Yes, sir. My number Listen, two. I think it's a
0: great explanation. Keep thank going. you. Thank you.
1: My number two is along those same lines. Again if you invest and I, you know, I have all these cliche sayings like invest in your body, invest in you. Uh, if you invest a little bit of money upfront, every physical therapist, especially in the orthopedic space, sports space, you don't, there, there's physical therapists who specialize in just the shoulder, just the knee, just the foot, just the hand, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's a lot of joints and bones in the body that we can all specialize in. <laughs> um, but most physical therapists who are again, kind of in my boat, of working with active populations and are usually cash based should be able and should have a system. And I do, and I'm I'm not going to speak for every single physical therapist, but this is a huge concept that I want to push your dentist and dentists did a great job as a profession of pushing this. You should get your teeth checked twice a year, your general practitioner. Oh, you hit this age. You might need to get your prostate checked. You might need to get your blood work done. You get your annual physical checkup to make sure you're not going to die you know, too soon and look for major, major things. You get your car checked every 6,000 miles. You get your aunt, your pet checked every whatever it is, six months, a year. Uh, but nobody does this for your own body. Uh, again, most of you listening out there, and I hope if you're listening to this, you, you're, you're again, the, we really believe in the educated consumer. So we're trying to provide that value. But the annual orthopedic checkup of your aches and pains, especially if you're any kind of active right here in Colorado, I've been recently pushing the ski and snowboard, get into the season program, reduce your chance of injury. And that's looking at everything head to toe at your movement literacy, at your ability to breathe again. It's so commonly poor patterns that lead to some of these other issues down the line. And there's so much of it's preventable. This is again, my huge passion of, uh, you know, diabetes can be reduced. Cancers can be reduced. Well, let go me ahead.
0: let me just because because we it's you got, so me going, interesting. Man. You got me going. <laughs> it's so interesting. But I you know, people don't understand that when they get injured and they go see a physical therapist and they go in this case, a cash physical therapist here. You know, you are you got compensation patterns that are coming out from every single injury you do, and they got to break those injuries so you can get back to neutral. I, and I think that people don't think enough um, about the role of a physical therapist off of inception of an injury. Um, and they think of them just as somebody who can, who's going to fix you in the end. It's And it's a bad way to look at it when they should be the primary people in the front. Um, go ahead. Number three. So I, I just want to run off of that. And again, set up number three, a little bit
1: of, exactly what you said. And I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet. When we talk about the healthcare system, and again, we've alluded to this, it's a symptom care system. Yes. And it's, I'll deal with this when it becomes bad enough. Again, we talked to skiers. I just brought those up. You might have some knee pain going on. You might have it every year that you go out skiing and, and you might have some back pain. You might have whatever, these little aches and pains, and you either pop on ibuprofen, you go to your chiropractor, you get cracked, all these things to kick the can on the road. To deal with the symptoms, no one is addressing these underlying issues. And again, that's the consumer's choice. And I hope that you listening here today uh, are going to get the, the the message here and say, you know what? Oh, I didn't even realize I had these abilities to prevent these aches and pains. And I've got to gonna-
0: push. I got to yep. push back on you on that one quick thought. I know we don't. We're tight for time, but you know, most people think once they go in this, once they go in to see the physical therapist, that they're going to fix it. You know, you're talking about preventative, and all I'm going to bring up to you is when someone's going to get pregnant and they're working with me, we prep them to get through pregnancy. We prep them for the movements that are about to come when you have your firstborn. That is preparation so that you don't have the aches and pains once the baby gets here and you have to deal with this, and then we have to go backwards and fight, fight what you've already started. I'm sorry to be so long when no, I go right back at you, right back no, at you. No, I love
1: you. it. And, and again, I'll kind of, I'll kind of uh, roll with that real quick. This isn't technically number three, um, but- <laughs> Again, the role traditional physical therapy is a lot of post-operative care. So you yes. have a surgery, the physical therapist is very well equipped, and I've been in the acute care setting. So someone has a total knee replacement. I was at Lenox Hill Hospital Hospital for Special Surgery. Fun little fact back when I was there in, in the early two, 2000 aughts, 2010s, whatever the, the proper way to say that is, <laughs> uh, I, d- I looked at the statistics and between those two hospitals, they were doing about 2% of the world's total joint replacements. the world it's it's incredible Uh, and again they're just phenomenal and it's the systems and the 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 physicians the the doctors are great but again when we're talking about that upstream concept downstream this is where i i encourage folks to think about again and it ties into the direct access it ties into this annual orthopedic checkup where someone like me should be able to give you that those tools and if you're seeing a physical therapist they should be able to, you can go in just like you do with your car. You, you, you go to get your car checked so it doesn't break down, right? Just We don't do this for our own body. It boggles my mind um, so that you can be better prepared to go skiing and have someone like me say, hey, your hip, your right hip's a little tighter than your left hip. Let's do, you know, do a few of these stretches again. I'm going to follow up with you and we're going to do that. So the, the, the takeaway I wanted to run off of there is right now we're huge on post-op as a profession, but there's nowhere near enough pre-op. And, and again, yeah. And again, I'll give a little bit of credit to hospital for special surgery. When I was there back in 2008, they did have like, but, but it was, it was, oh, you're about to go into surgery in four weeks. Here's what you can do between now and then. But I'm talking about 10 years before you need that total knee replacement. How do we kick that can even further down the road by getting you stronger now muscle. And I said it on the last episode, muscle is the organ of longevity. So if you have better movement patterns, you have better muscle structure, we're going to be able to avoid. And and again, the other passionate part where I'm, I really want to emphasize this is so many of these surgeries and injections are unnecessary. Yes. And I'm confident if you listening right now, and I, I you know, last episode I, I was told I, I might've sold myself a little too hard, but if I, I can almost guarantee that if you contact me, we do an, a checkup right now, we do this tune up, this head to toe assessment, I'm going to save you a lot of time, energy, money and and disability and, and pain and pain and pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I can almost guarantee with, within my legal limits of guaranteeing you that by starting to address a lot of these common things that almost everyone you know just so common, um, and, and it becomes literally like, oh, all my fifty year old friends are getting surgeries. And it's, it's just it's what we do. It's what we do here in my you know mommy circle or daddy circle or whatever. And my runners group, oh, runners just get injured. They have a 90% injury rate. And but, it's just it's accepted.
0: Yeah, it's, but, but the problem is people don't want to work for it, Dr. Bo. People don't want to work for it. And they don't understand that the hard work that they put in now during a, a, a therapy appointment is preventative medicine for later. It's just reality. And people don't prepare things. They do it in symptom care. Let's keep well, moving. I, I'm sorry. Well,
1: I want to give the people credit if they're here listening. Uh, cause that those are the people that are going to do the work and yes. should be getting these concepts. And I want to make sure that we, we're going to, so we'll take that. We'll go to the third point. Cause again, I, I can go really deep on all these points is the third point. I want to really emphasize one of the biggest problems in the profession. And it ties back to this insurance model, this concept of, are we getting them from, you know, just waking up some of the muscles. Are we getting the feel a little bit better? That's good enough. Um, and, and you see, and again, if you've ever gone through it, you might've done some exercise with yellow therabands, rubber bands, right? Then you go to the red, then you maybe eventually get to the blue, then maybe you get a, you know, you, you go down that path, right? You're, and again, it's like, it's like the karate system. You go to black belt eventually, right? Uh, and it's, it's, it's rewarding, I guess, to go through that system. But I think, again, it's a disservice to most folks. And the reason that the, the, the concept here, the third point is loading and, and currently the profession I'm going to go ahead and call out, does something we're going to call underloading. So, when you have shoulder pain, we have to be very careful and we're just trying to make sure your pain is going down instead of, again, looking at all these other components head to toe and making sure that we're getting you to do a good push up or a pull up. And one of the ways I talk to folks, and I hope someone here listens and takes this away, is if they don't have a pull up bar or a squat rack or a barbell in the clinic, the physical therapy clinic, and you're an active Human, you are probably in the wrong place, okay? Uh, again, not everyone wants to lift weights, but our bodies should have the capacity to do that. And again, back to the musculoskeletal experts, we should be pushing that person, especially as they're getting out of pain. And if you can't get somebody out of pain, I, I my tagline has become, more recently, I just kind of shifted this, I can get you out of pain and moving better in 30 minutes. And if I can't do that, like I'm, I, I'm happy to give you money back. Like I have, you know, there's people who have chronic pain, but again, we should be able to improve things. I just think most, again, therapists look at things kind of the wrong way and they're scared to go into these kind of alternative, whatever you want to call it, methods of challenging the movement. And again, I think that robustness, that anti-fragility, not just uh, resilience, because resilience is returning back to your state of normal versus most people don't understand that anti-fragility is actually returning to a state of getting stronger and improving versus fragility is what most of us are, uh, unfortunately, where you're, you're you're kind of just in this state of, yeah, something hits you and you kind of, oh, I'm going to, and your body's really good at adapting to that. Yeah. And it's going to maybe get you back to baseline. But in the reality of it is, Every little injury we have, and we build up over the years, we are getting a little bit weaker, and we're aging. Once you hit thirty, yep. sorry guys, yep. if you don't know the physiology, once you hit thirty years old, you're losing muscle. You are, you, and you're fighting an uphill battle. Uh, you're, you're, we are literally deteriorating. We age, so this is where you know food, sleep, stress, all these concepts have to come together. Where coming back to an insurance model does not allow us to address any of that. We're just addressing your shoulder pain. Uh, the cash-based model should be saying, hey, again, let's clean up your neck. Let's clean up, you know, everything going on down your arm, downstream, upstream to to that book and that concept. Go down to the hips, go down to your breathing. So loading, again, I have almost every person I work with go through these primal movement patterns of hinge, squat, push, pull, uh, twist, lunge, and ambulate gait, looking at those concepts, run, whatever it is. And those seven primal movement patterns are not the end-all, be-all by any means, but every human body should be able to do all those in some capacity. And again, I have found I'm going to share anecdotally as a clinician, uh, not specifically what every bit of research says, because these are hard things to technically do studies on. But in my experience, if we can improve those seven movement patterns, if we can load them, and the way I talk about that concept, and hopefully this is a good takeaway for folks as we kind of wrap it up here, is I want to see that you have competence in those movements before We start to load you up. And as we have competence and I can see, hey, you're doing pretty good. You build your confidence and you have the confidence enough to do it on your own, which is how, again, I kind of work on this virtual model. And then I have the confidence that I can say, hey, I think we're ready to now put a little weight on that. And now we can start building your capacity. So we go from competence to confidence to capacity. And those three kind of work together. That's the little salesy CCC. Concept three C's of progressing folks, and if we're not loading again, I can't stress this enough our tissues respond to load.
0: Uh, you know,
1: again, we talk about an aging population, rubber bands are not going to get us there, they might again help a little bit with waking up some muscles, they have a place for sure. But if we're not jumping, landing, loading, uh, we're gonna we're not going to address that osteoporosis, just walking, which is a common a uh, uh, prescription for someone who has osteoporosis is not enough stress on the body and there's a concept called wolf's law I'm going to throw out there cuz this really applies where your body's going to respond and it's really good at responding to those stress levels and again the reason that a lot of traditional conventional insurance based physical therapists don't they don't want to anger the doctor who referred them over cuz you know if you do a little too much you might piss off somebody. And, and again, that, we start to play on eggshells and it just, it definitely paralyzes our system. Um, go ahead.
0: It's, it's, um, I'm going to, I'm going to move us along because there's just so much darn information you're giving us. <laughs> uh, you know, people, it's your money. It's your body. Don't worry about upsetting a doctor. Don't worry about any of that. Take care and do what's best for you. Now, we don't got a lot of time left, I, Dr. Bo, I want you to tell these people and inform these people what they need to know when they go see a therapist or when they pick a therapist. Because you know that you get the insurance thighs. They got seven guys near your house. How do you know if they're good? We got to be quick, but give them a roadmap in a sense, um, like we did the five, you know, the try five before. Give them something that they can take with them today. So I'll come back to the...
1: Concept. If there's no pull-up bar, if there's no barbell in the in in that facility, I, again, I I tell people to turn around and leave. I think that any kind of passive focus is not acceptable. So again, if you're in pain and you just want to get out of pain, go to your chiropractor, get a get a manipulation, uh, go to a physical therapist who does manual therapy based uh, a focus. Uh, that you, if you just want to get out of pain, there's plenty of ways to do that. Okay. by the way
0: that pain will come back
1: yes that, that's 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 the point so i want to make sure we're very clear on that if you're looking for long-term health care okay and that's that's literally like my primary focus right I go to 30 minutes I can get you out of pain 30 days we have a plan in place of here's the things we're gonna do to really start to continue to get you out of pain and then we got to put a plan in place for 30 years which is how we go into that capacity building your strength uh and really really making sure we are slowing down the aging process but not every physical therapist needs to be able to say all that stuff to you. And within the insurance model, I know a few places that uh, can, you know have found ways to at least have this higher level of care um, and and ability to provide that. So what should you look for? Look, if you have the resources, invest your money in the cash-based physical therapy, because I, I literally just had somebody. Uh, without going too too far down the rabbit hole, she sprained her ankle. She went to her cash or uh, insurance based physical therapist. She paid a seventy dollar copay. Okay. Uh, she then we we talked and I, and and she didn't get anything out of that session. So we talked. Uh, they did a they did an assessment. They said maybe you need an X ray. They didn't even send her to the X ray. Uh, they didn't give her that many tools. I spent one hour with her and I gave her a lot more and I charged more than seventy dollars, but she got way more out of that hour with me. Then she would have gotten out of three to five sessions of that insurance-based model. So, summing it up, it's called value. People that, value. Right. Cost is what you pay. Value is what you get. Right. So we talked about that on our personal training episode as well. So summing it up, I, I it's if if the clinician that you're talking to simply is trying to get you out of pain and is not starting to talk about that long-term model, and if you care about that long-term model and they can't really speak to it, you're gonna get a lot of these kind of, yeah, let's just deal with the pain and worry about that later. Um, I think that the, these are huge concepts that we should be demanding better from the physical therapist to say, hey, like I want to not only get out of this pain, I wanna understand what causes pain, I wanna never be in this pain again, because this pain is not good, it stinks. Uh, and again, pain is usually just your body responding to something you did to it. And, and again, it's not necessarily your fault, but it is your responsibility to deal with that pain. So you have the power, you have the cash. Uh, It's really up to you to come back to it and say, I want you to empower me and and better understand. I need the skills and and concepts that you have in your brain. And if they're not willing to share that with you and they're just saying, hey, lay down on the table, I'm gonna stretch you out, I'm I'm gonna push on this and let me do the thing, versus saying, I'm gonna empower you. Yeah, do these exercises. I'm gonna communicate with you. We're gonna touch base. I offer everyone I see in person, Uh, at least a three months, follow up online. I'm going to send you workouts. We're going to touch base. And there's a price point for that, but there's a reason for that. So sorry, go ahead, finish it up.
0: No, no, no. Listen, listen, Dr. Bo, I can't thank you enough, you know, for you sharing all this stuff for all the listeners today. I mean, the reality of it is you have to be empowered. You have to be educated, understand what your options are. And I think a lot of people don't really understand what their options are. Even I, who am in the industry, never thought about direct access in the, in the sense that you have. But with that being said, I think it's time for us to go, peeps. We thank you all. We thank you all for listening. Please don't forget to share with friends. Click, sub- subscribe, and like. And please don't forget to demand better. Peace. Have a good one.